And we are joined at this time by State Representative Randy Fry. Good morning to you, Randy. How are you doing on this glorious Monday? <laughs> I'm doing okay, Tom. A little bit of grief with the Bengals lost last night. But other than that, uh, ready to go here for another day of uh, legislative session. Yeah, indeed. A, a brutal way to lose an AFC championship, uh, no question about it. But uh, nevertheless, we must uh, soldier on. And, of course, uh, Randy, the uh, legislature continuing its uh, long session. And I know at uh, full calendar, uh, looking at, what, 16 bills in second reading and 14 on third reading? That's right, Tom. It, and it does take a couple weeks of session to get bills out of committee and get them out to the uh, to the floor, but uh, we're we're there now, and uh, the calendar will continue to grow as the weeks go on through the end of February. So, uh, yeah, as you mentioned, we have 16 bills on second reading. That's where bills can be amended, and then 14 bills on third reading. That's just for today, and that's where bills uh, the the merit of the bill is debated. So, uh, in both uh, both cases, some of those uh, can take quite a while, and we'll just have to wait and see how long session goes, but. It'll certainly be longer than it has been the last two weeks. And uh, looking at uh, some of the bills that you have on the um, that are up for consideration, uh, revisiting mm-hmm. House Bill 1034, and uh, what, what can you tell us as far as uh, where that stands? House Bill 1034 is a bill we've talked about in the past, and it exempts active duty military from Indiana income tax. That bill will be uh, on the Ways and Means uh, Committee's docket on Wednesday at 1.30 in the afternoon. And uh, your listeners, if they would like, they can tune into that committee and watch it live via video. Uh, and they can do that by going to Indiana General Assembly webpage, clicking on committee, click on Ways and Means Committee, and then click on the camera. And it uh, will come up and you can watch the proceedings. And watch the testimony on House Bill 1034 or any other bill that they hear that day. It'll be several. So uh, it's a bill I'm excited about. Hopefully we can get it uh this time next week, maybe it'll be on second reading, and we can talk about that uh, going next week and get it out of the House next week and on to uh, the Senate for the second half of the session. And another bill that you have, Randy, is House Bill 1055, and uh, can you tell us the specifics about that and where that stands? Yeah, yeah. Um, that bill will be heard today in Veterans Affairs and Public Safety, and uh, that committee is my committee. I chair that committee. It meets at 1030 today. Again, uh, your listeners can watch that committee if they like. But this particular bill has three different parts. A lot of bills do. And this bill expands the ability of hospital police to uh, enforce the law off of hospital property. This, where this comes from is uh, not necessarily in Batesville, but in larger cities where hospitals have multiple properties. It's not uncommon for a police officer to travel from one facility that's owned by the hospital to another facility. And in transit, they may come across an accident, they may come across a crime, and want to, uh, to uh, intervene and, and help. Or they may want to back up another officer who may have already arrived at the scene of an incident, and they can't currently do that. Their powers are restricted to hospital property. So we want to give them a little more leeway. We don't want to give them carte blanche, but we want to give them a little more leeway so when they're traveling from one facility to another facility, uh, they can, they're still police officers and they can still assist uh, the public. Um, it uh, comes to us from the, the, uh, some of the hospital police departments that uh, want this ability. Uh, they have examples where maybe even in a parking lot across the street from a specific uh, facility, there's a crime going on there. People can't interfere. 
So uh, that doesn't make sense to me, and so we're going to hear that and see how that goes. We'll uh, take testimony, and uh, if the committee is in favor, we'll move forward, and if not, we'll have to reassess it. Another provision in the bill says that a community of 7,500 or less currently in law can restrict where public safety live. Above 7,500, there is no restriction. And so, uh, for instance, a police officer or a city uh, bigger than 7,500 could live in Tennessee if he wanted to. It doesn't matter. He just has to make sure he's on on duty when he's supposed to be. A firefighter can live wherever he wants to. A city of Indianapolis firefighter can live in Baseville. It's not a problem. But a police officer in a small community or a firefighter, a career firefighter in a small community can't do that. And so uh, we, what we want to do is just literally take those restrictions off. Um, we don't, we, we're having a hard time finding public safety officers. And we want to open it up so that communities can go wherever they need to go in order to fill them, those vacancies. And uh, that's not to say that a community couldn't restrict where an officer takes a city police car. Uh, if the officer lives in another county and the city doesn't want them to take that car out of county, they can do that. Just can't tell them where they would live if this bill passes. So, again, that's another provision in the bill. And the third provision in the bill uh, deals with uh, town marshal situation. We have town marshals around a lot of our really small communities. I think Oldenburg has a town marshal, and uh, and what they currently can only hire have with three employees, the marshal and two deputies, or, or three total employees. Well. We're finding, again, we're struggling to find public safety employees. And so a lot of times um, those uh, shifts that are left unfilled are filled with reserves or volunteers. In this case, it would allow up to seven uh, employees of a town marshal so that they can use part-time people to fill shifts and pay them versus uh, the, uh, the officer doing it for free. So we wanted to, to uh, give that option. It's not a mandate. They don't have to. But if they wanted to and they felt they could expand their uh, their small-town uh, police department uh, to, to a few more members, that would help them provide better police coverage, and they could do that. So that's the three provisions within that bill. Property tax relief. Uh, what's the uh, latest on uh, House Bill uh, 1001? Well, House Bill 1001, Tom, is the, uh, is the budget. And... Um, and um, that bill uh, has a lot of different provisions in it. And it, this particular uh, uh, language could be included in there or it could be in another one. But it, what we're talking about is dealing with property taxes. We know that over the last couple of years that property taxes uh, are going to go up due to the increase in the assessed value of the property. Several years ago, before I was in the General Assembly, the NDS Supreme Court ruled that property taxes have to be based on real market value of the property, real assessed value. And so um, with the COVID years, uh, inflation was uh, pretty high and the cost of homes went up a lot. Property went up, farm ground went up. And now, now your assessed value on that property is has gone up, which is your income taxes based on. So we know it's gonna be a, a burden on uh, the citizens. We're trying to work out ways to, uh, to deal with it. Uh, to, uh, to uh, lower the tax rate and or affect it, but it's going to take some time. And uh, so we're working with that right now. It'll most likely be an amendment that'll go into a bill like House Bill 1001 or another tax bill. But uh, we're looking at several options to try to uh, reduce those tax burden this year 
and then in future years. So certainly not done yet. We're we're working on it. Uh, we've been working on it now for a couple of months, trying to come up with the best solution. But uh, it, it's uh, it's made worse by the fact that we've had such an increase in property value. And another bill, Randy, uh, House Bill uh, 1044, and uh, this is uh, regarding uh, state park admission to uh, military members and veterans. Yes, Tom. House Bill 1044 is authored by Representative Steve Bartels, and this bill, I'm not sure this bill will get a hearing. It's most likely in Natural Resources Committee. It's not in my committee, but uh, I do uh, a lot of veteran bills, and so I wanted to, to talk about this one a little bit. It, it allows uh, our Indian National Guard reserves and active duty military and their families to enter a uh, Indiana State Park or other facility uh, free. Uh, it would allow them into a state forest, a recreation area, reservoir, uh, historic site, museum, memorials, other department property. So this is a, this is a way that we can reward our um, veterans who have served their, their country, served their state, defended our freedom around the world, and we can reward them with uh, admission to a state park. Um, we know that some of those folks, when they come back, especially from the last few years of the Iraq War, um, it's um, important for them to be able to get out into a park and enjoy themselves and be uh, in a stress-free or low-stress environment. So I'm sure uh, Representative Bartels is a retired uh, colonel from the Indian National Guard, and I, I believe uh, he understands that completely. And that's where that bill is coming from. Again, I'm not sure that it'll uh, be uh, heard. I hope it will. uh, But uh, I like the bill, and uh, I think it's something that we should do for our veterans. All right. So, again, um, uh, contact information uh, uh, while you're in session, uh, whenever you're available. That uh, number is? 317-512-0128 is my cell number. If I can't take your call, leave me a message or send me a text, and we'll get back with you. All right, so again, 317-512-0128. Randy Fry, uh, State Representative, as always, we appreciate your time. Thank you very much, and uh, we will talk to you once again next week. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. Don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let To-Go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To-Go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville To-Go, big city convenience, small town taste. 